0: Today's reading will be from Ephesians 5, verses 16 to 17. That's Ephesians 5, verses 16 to 17. And it reads, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do uh, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is.
1: Thank you, Amir. Good morning. The topic for today, as you've heard, is setting priorities. The word priority means coming before in order of importance. Now, most of us set priorities. A lot of us use daytimers. I know a lot of it's electronic now. I still use a paper daytimer. And every morning, I sit with my cup of coffee. And I set my priorities for the day. My number one priority is always to read God's Word and the devotional books that I'm in the process of reading. That's number one. After that comes numbers two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Obviously, number ten is least in importance and can drop over into the next day. And so I think we understand about setting priorities. The trouble with this, as I thought about this subject, is that my priorities are probably not your priorities. As I sat there, I thought, well, maybe we can narrow this down just a little bit by thinking about the preaching series that we are in, which is overcoming. And So I decided, as I was preparing myself, to go out on a limb. But you know, the picture, the cartoons come to mind about going out on a limb, because very often as that individual is out on the limb, there's somebody up near the trunk of the tree with a saw. And so I hope that that doesn't happen today with the subject I'm preaching on, on the matter of priorities. But I decided to go out on that limb and approach it from the perspective that all of us have the priority of getting to heaven. Because heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And obviously, your priority today was being here this morning. And that's important. So we're already on the same page in that regard. And so I want to first talk about our person, our individual character. And I want to talk because I believe this is so very encouraging, on the sacredness of human life. And I want to go first to Psalm 119 and verse 73, if you have your Bibles open it there. And the psalm writer says to God, Your hands made me and fashioned me. Maybe you've heard the expression before that God doesn't make junk. And that is so very true. When God makes a human being, God puts special emphasis into that person's life. I've read before, probably you have too, that scientists tell us that there are no two snowflakes that are exactly identical. And when you think about that, it kind of blows your mind. Because when I look out, on a wintry day, and see those great, big, huge, beautiful snowflakes falling down. There are just millions of them, and no two of them are exactly alike. And in a much greater way, there has never been anyone just like you here before on this earth. Nor will there ever be anyone just like you ever after. And that through the ages of time. And so you could say, every one of us is a special order. You would be correct then in thinking that when you were made, the mold was broken so that no one would ever be your exact duplicate. That's really something. When we look at twins, you know, I I know a set of twins where I used to live in Winkler. These girls... ...were a set of twins, and their mother always used to tell me they're not, they're not identical twins, and yet to me they were. I could never tell them apart, but there were differences between those girls, just like all identical twins are not exactly identical. And so I want to talk about the matter of being for a moment, because we come from a race called human beings... So let's think about this word being for a moment. And I want to use some thoughts from my favourite my favourite devotional writer, Charles Swindle or Chuck Swindle, from a book of his called Five Meaningful Minutes a Day. If you don't have that, you might want to get it Five Meaningful Minutes a Day. And Chuck says what we do is not nearly as important as what we want to be. Now, a lot of times, those of us who are men tend to identify ourselves with what we do for a living. I've tried never to identify myself by that. I've done lots of different things. But just because I've done lots of different things doesn't mean that I am my job. What we do is is not nearly as important as what we want to be because doing is connected with a vocation or a career. Being, Chuck says, is much deeper. It is related to character and how we make a life. Doing is tied with accomplishments and tangible things, like salaries and trophies. Being, on the other hand, has more to do with intangibles, much of which cannot be measured by objective yardsticks, And oppressive awards. Now, thank you, Chuck, for that. Those are good thoughts. But I want to turn to Scripture for a moment in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. When a young man was being chosen as king over God's nation of Israel, and all of his brothers, by the way, it seems like uh, Jesse had a whole bunch of good looking boys because they were all pretty impressive individuals as they were paraded before, before Samuel. And then in 1 Samuel 16, 7, Samuel says, God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Many years ago I read that every one of us, would like to change something about our physical appearance if we could. Might be a mole, might be the nose is a little too big or too small, might be the ears like mine that seem just a little bit too large. We would like to change something. We look at it ourselves sometimes in the mirror and think, if only I could change that. But it is not really important what our physical appearance is, what shape we come in, whether we're tall or short, how handsome or beautiful we may be or may not be. That's not really important. How do I know this? Because King David, it says, was of a ruddy, which term means he was probably red-haired in a nation that were mostly dark-haired people. He was ruddy of appearance, red-haired, and of a handsome appearance, But that really wasn't what was important about David. Because his brothers were handsome men too. What was important about David is what God said about him. God said, He is a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Acts 13 verse 22. And 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14. So, May it be our very important priorities in regard to our own being, our character, to be a person of faith, a person of depth, a person of integrity, a person of love, a person of compassion and kindness. And because we've talked about David being a man a man after God's own heart, let's talk about heart matters for a few moments. First off, and these are things that were in my notes from reading things, just interesting things that I've written down over the years. The physical heart. Our hearts beat at the rate of 70 to 75 beats per minute. And I've been told that I have a slow heartbeat. And one of the doctors asked me, are you an athlete? And I said, well, if it uh, means watching my sons play sports, then I'm an athlete. But I'm not really. I have a slow heartbeat. But normally our hearts beat between 70 and 75 beats per minute. It weighs 11 ounces on average, less than a pound. And a healthy heart pumps 2,000 gallons of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels each and every day. In a lifetime, this is equivalent to driving to the moon and back. A healthy heart can do amazing things. Conversely, if our heart malfunctions, our whole body shuts down. And the same, then, can be said of our spiritual heart. Because the heart, the spiritual heart, in Scripture represents the center of our emotions, our thinking, and our reasoning. It is the command center of our life. And we can control that command center. Evil thoughts, bad attitudes, rage and anger, critical attitudes can be controlled. How do I know that? Because the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 8, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Jesus said, out of the heart come evil thoughts, fornications, adulteries, murders, thefts, false witness, slanders. What is slander? It's gossip and is speaking bad or evil about somebody behind their back. All of these things come out of the control center of our life. You see, the heart is very important to God. Not this one. This one beats for a while. Thankfully, it's still going. This one beats for a while, but one day, if the Lord doesn't come back, it's going to stop. But we can control this heart, and the heart The command center of life is very important to God, as it is mentioned hundreds and hundreds of times in the Bible. And if you don't believe me, check a concordance and see how many listings there are about the heart. And so Proverbs 4, verse 23, the wise man Solomon said, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. You and I have seen springs, right? Water just keeps bubbling up. Beautiful water. The springs of life. The heart is the spring of life. Proverbs 23, verse 7. As a man, and it's generic by the way, as a man or woman thinks within himself or herself, so is he or so is she. The command center is so important. And so the conclusion of this particular heart matter, to keep spiritually fit, is to consult the great physician several times a day. Now, the last point I want to consider with you is our journey, our sojourn. And I think of a, a song that, uh, that I do once in a while, it's called Wayfaring Pilgrim. Because that speaks to me that we are just here for a while. We are wayfaring pilgrims. Even though we have homes, we're traveling on. And we just stop here for a while. And I want to talk about time for a minute. I started off by talking about priorities in my day timer. And that kind of governs my day, all the things I have. It changes, obviously, sometimes. But basically, my life follows the pattern that has been set as priorities for my day. Time does matter, and all of us are given something that is equal. People are so often into, this is not fair, or that's not fair, Um, you know, but we are given something that is equal for us, and that is 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds, Every one of us are given the exact same amount of time. How we use it is up to us. Let's go back again to what Amir read us, just for a moment. Verses Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. Paul urges Christians, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, we can be foolish about the use of our time. And the Bible talks about that in Ephesians. It talks about the sluggard who will bury his hand in the dish and then not bring it out again, or falls asleep. There's lots of people who waste the time that they're given. One of my little grandsons, who's almost 14, says, Grandpa, there's something I appreciate about you. I said, what's that, Zane? He says, when you when people ask you the time, you'll say it's 9.07. You don't say 9.05 or 9.10. You say it's 9.07. And he liked that about, about the time, being accurate about the time. Solomon said, there is an appointed time for every purpose or event under heaven, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Then he goes on to say there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. What we do in between those two times, the time we are born and the time we die, are choices that we make. And how wise are we about the use of our time and the use of the priorities that we set in life. You may or may not know this, but you have an expiry date. I know there's lots of people who worry about things written on on cartons and cans and stuff, expiry date of, you know, August 15th, uh, 2018. And if it's August 16th, they probably won't eat it. I'm not so concerned about that. If it's a month or two out of date, not really to worry. But just like those cans have an expiry date, you have an expiry date. I have an expiry date. Look at Psalm 100 and verse uh, 39, Psalm 100, verse 39, beginning in verse 16. The psalmist says, for you, God, did form my inward parts. You did weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How about that? Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame, my body, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth in our mother's womb. Your eyes have seen my form substance, and in your book they were all written, The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. So even before we were delivered into this world as infant babies, God said, Vince Anderson has a day. I'm glad I don't know it, because I'd be preoccupied. But God has given each one of us a day, if the Lord doesn't come back first, that we will leave this earth. Time seems to pass each one of us by all too quickly. In regard to the expiry date, I did some research, just a random sample of 29 individuals and the, and the age they were when they left this world. These 29 individuals lived a total of 2,200 and 31 years. But when when I divided that by 29, I came up with an average of 76.9 years. Now, look at uh, Psalm 90 in verse 10. It says, As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or, if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride Or the span or the length is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Now, for all of you young people here today that are 20 or under, you're thinking I'm a real old guy. I don't feel old, but I'm a lot nearer 70 than I am to 20. And let me tell you that that time, when I think back on it, has gone very, very, very quickly. Of the survey that I did, 10 of the individuals, or 34.48%, never made the average human lifespan of 70 years. Over one-third of these individuals, and that would probably be pretty much true here as well, one-third, a little over, never made it to the average lifespan. So my question to you is, how are you making use of the time that you have left? Can't do anything about what's gone behind. Every day you get that fresh amount of time put into your life's account, your bank account, if you want to call it that. You can't do anything about what you may have squandered in the past. But what are you going to do with the time that you have today? And whatever years that you have left, is it going to be used for yourself and furthering your own personal agenda and interests? Or is it going to be in trying to find ways for the Lord to use us, use our talents and our abilities in his service? Listen to what Paul says. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. We need to be careful in our conduct towards those who are non-Christians We need to make the most of our opportunities by the words we speak, that our speech is with grace and seasoned with salt, that we need to know how we answer each individual. And Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So sometime in the next few days, before you forget this message, think about your character. Is there some housecleaning that you need to do in regard to yourself? Think about your spiritual heart. Not your physical one. Thankfully, it's still beating. But think about your spiritual heart. Are there some things you need to change? Is your spiritual heart healthy? And think about the journey that you are presently on. Will that journey, you wayfaring pilgrim, ultimately take you to heaven? May each of us strive to be described at the end of our journey with these words. There was a man, insert your name there. There was a woman, insert your name there, in the city of Winnipeg in the land of Canada, and that person was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Now I've adapted that from Job chapter 1, verse 1. And may we hear, when we have crossed the Jordan, the river that leads to life, may we hear the greeting of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well done good and faithful slave, enter into the joy of the Lord. May each of us check our priorities that we may be a man, that we may be a woman after God's own heart.
0: Let's stand as we sing. Have my own way, Lord.